Hello, everybody, and welcome to this particular album is very, very important to me. I'm Joel Spence. I'm Deborah Tarika, and this is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them, and here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And their emotional connections. Great and not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. Yes, we do. Shall we? I'll start with mine. Yeah. Uh, on this particular song is very, very important to me. So I actually looked at the... I don't know why I say actually, because I do this routinely. <laughs> I looked at the year that the album comes out, the uh, Songs in the King of Life, and which I think is 76. I think it's 76. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And to see, I was alive at that moment, and uh, to see if there was any songs from my childhood, and, and there, in fact, where was. That, that is the year that James Taylor's Greatest Hits mm. came out. It's a good album. Yeah, and that, I think... There's probably a huge chunk of the population that just has that album automatically. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of issued <laughs> issued it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm going to play Sweet Baby James. Very good song. There is a young cowboy who lives on the range. His horse and his cattle are his only companion. This has a special meaning to me anyway, because my mom used to sing it to me when I was uh, to, to help me go to sleep or to calm me down. And I, don't, I didn't know the song at the time. Mm, that's lovely. This is um, on the playlist that I play when I put made a bed at night because of that my mother-in-law for christmas got us this pop-up book to sweet baby james and it's like really cool wow. i think it was just like in the merch store on the james taylor website it's like a really cool pop-up book that we like to look at together it's like it's the um it's follows the lyrics of the song so it's like a cowboy like it's like a western backdrop when you like open up the book and a campfire that pops up and so for each one there's like the mountains in the background for another one let me go down in my dreams and rock a sweet baby jane now the first of December was covered with snow. So is that the main song that you remember your mom singing to you? I think so. That's really lovely. It's hard to describe this, but his voice is his voice. Like he's there's no filter, there's no artif or artificial. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very of his time in that way, too, because yeah. I think with, like, Carol King and Carly Simon and all those ladies where yeah. that they all worked together and they all are very, like, authentic in there. Mm-hmm. It's also, this is a waltz. It's rarely used anymore, like the waltz beat. Or yeah, you're these right. are not in popular music anymore. 
It is so lovely. That it reminds me of my family too, because I think it's exactly how you described it. It was like I've just always had it. Yeah. The same with my song. Basically, oh, yeah. it's just yeah. like this is a song that like everyone you're just born with. Yeah, and your mom used to sing. My it mom to used to sing it to me. This is ever fallen in love (parentheses with someone you shouldn't have) um, by the Buzzcocks. I love this song. This song is in my top ten, probably. I don't like to commit. I'm a Buzzcocks fan, but this song came into my life where I heard it one time, loved it, and like for some reason I picture like a cool movie montage with it. Like I, mm-hmm. I like I want to write something to this yeah. if it doesn't already exist. And then I didn't hear it again for a really long time, but it was pre-internet, oh, and like before I could like search for it so easily. And then like years later, I was at a party, um, and then heard it. A DJ played it. Like, finally, I was able to, like, get it and figure it out. And it's just, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. R.I.P. Pete. There's a special feeling when you hear a song again for the first time that you completely forgot about. Yeah. Which I do think it happens less and less now. Yeah. I think it's harder to forget about mm-hmm. songs because everything is so accessible. Yeah. I mean, you can't hold on to everything, so... But, yeah, but I don't know. I think it'll, it happens less and less, but... Coincidentally, it's not the same year, but this came out like exactly two years after... Um, album today mm-hmm. like same like almost the exact same date um, which is not I guess a coincidence at all where it's like two years later so it has nothing <laughs> in common with it but it is kind of crazy to know like that this came out this basically the same time as songs in the key of life which is yeah like I always forget that things happen in the same timeline yeah All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Tony Newsom is a comedian, actor, podcaster, and musician hailing from Northern California. Vacaville. Vacaville. It's real sad. She is best known uh, for her roles on Bajillion Dollar Properties, Brock Meyer, The Comedy Get Down, and Nobodies. And look for her on Space Force coming out on Netflix and season two of Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. She can also be heard on the podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? And playing with the band for Lost Souls. Thank you. Tony, Thank you welcome, for welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so talk excited about this to have you. Perfect album. This what? perfectly strange album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what particular album is very, very important to you? Uh, the album that is very important to me is Songs in the Key of Life by little Stevie Wonder. Little baby Stevie Wonder. Oh, I guess he's a full grown yeah. full grown ass elder person now. <laughs> But he was so little. Yeah. He was so little. And like you said, this was 76, so 
How old did that make him? I think he was like in his mid twenties. He was like yeah. twenty six. Like mo- twenty six. Yeah. I think he was born most, in fifty. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was basically like the Frank Ocean of you know, <laughs> like when we think of like these young. Whenever someone in their twenties puts out an incredible album, now I'm always just like, how? Yeah. How are you? Truly, <laughs> how in have his, you lived enough to? It's like his third comeback too. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm about to say. Couldn't mean the world's disaster. Could change your. Ch- I mean, his career is so crazy long and amazing. Yeah, I'm constantly surprised that he's alive. Yeah, and like doing well. <laughs> yes. I saw the tour of this maybe four years ago. Oh, oh my yeah. god, it was so incredible. I saw it in Chicago at the United Center, and he just did the album front to back, nothing mm-hmm. else. And he sang everything in the original key, which I'm always like, him and Paul McCartney, to not have to drop anything down. Which, like, when you're 65, 70, it's okay. Yes. Yes. Totally. We get it. We'll accept you for that. You wrote this at 25, and at 65, you're singing the same shit. God bless. Um, It was really impressive. Before it's gone too. So when did this come into your life? Um, similar to you guys with the um, the songs that you picked, my mom used to play it and sing it when I was just a kid, just a baby. And so I don't even think I knew who Stevie Wonder was. And, you know, a lot of the songs are so different from each other. And yeah. he uses, like, strange voices in some of them. I, I remember there being a time when I didn't understand that it was all the same artist. Yeah. And then, because she was probably playing it on, like, a CD, like, on a Discman or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, it's not crazy. Like, I, I very recently remember talking to Alex about, uh, we listen to As a lot. Oh. It's, like, a, a staple in our house. And I think... It was one of the only times I can remember where I like pointed something out to him, where he's like, he was trying to figure out who the other voice was singing on there, and I was like, I think it's Stevie, like the deep voice. Oh yeah. And I was like, I think that's him the, singing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he yeah. was like, no, no, no. And then I was right. Yeah. And I felt really good. Took the rest of the day off. Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> Alex. Get out of here. Yeah, Stevie did that little like Louis Armstrong growl. Yeah, and he, but he, like songs. throughout the whole album, you're right. Like it's just yeah, he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those types of albums that you are like just born with are like are so special. Yeah. Do you remember listening to it from start to finish, or do you remember how it was like Not fed to you? Kind of? I was older because there's definitely songs that I remember more. Like songs that if I were to think what are the singles from this or what were like the popular mainstream radio hits, they're completely different than what actually were. Because it was probably the yeah. ones that my mom kept repeating or yeah. you know, playing back. So like Knocks Me Off My Feet, for instance, I'm like, that's the big that's the big hit, right? And I, I remember I sang it once at karaoke and everyone was like, that was pretty, what the fuck is that song? <laughs> really? Yeah, no one had ever heard it. That's so funny. <laughs> I see us in the park Strolling the summer days Of imaginings in my head And words from the heart 
Was it um, just you and your mom, or do you have siblings? And I have no siblings. Um, I have a dad. We are friends. He, um, but my parents weren't married, so they well, they were married for like four seconds, but they haven't been together since I was really tiny. And my dad was a fan, but I don't remember him playing this album. Yeah. He had like other similar era things that he would play a lot. Um, but yeah, it would just be my mom and me yeah. just jamming to some Stevie in Vacaville. Yeah, yeah, man. Just so tell us about that town. You oh, said God. two prisons. Two prisons, uh, an outlet mall. These are our claims to fame. Everyone loves the outlets. What's your favorite store in the outlet mall? <laughs> oh, God. When I was a kid... We'll go around. You're next. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay, when I was a kid, I really loved the... Um, there was a Contempo. Mm. Oh, what's Contempo? that? It was like hip girl clothes. Yeah. Oh, okay. But at the outlet one, we could actually, like, it was cheaper, so I was yeah. allowed to go oh, there. Contempo Casuals. Uh-huh. Contempo <laughs> Casuals, yes, indeed. Uh, oh, that's now, a good one. Now when I go there, I really love going to the Le Creuset. <laughs> Just, you know, oh, cookware. Yeah. yeah. Coolio fans this one, would, right? Yes. <laughs> I know everyone remembers this song because of the sample. Yeah, uh, that's I, like a very well used sample. Yeah, yeah, very well used. It was like both songs are great. Neither song like I, I don't. I didn't feel like the Coolio one like took away from yeah this one. Yeah, but it is so like I think I knew the Coolio one first before knowing this one and. The first time I heard this, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, but it doesn't. Like, they're so different. It's like a perfect, yeah. It's a good example. And I think this is actually a classical piece, too. I think I was reading that the melody is taken from. Yeah, he did that sometimes. Uh, Stevie does a lot of, you know what else I'd be curious about while you're looking that up? Is if he also did that with Village Ghetto Land. That's the one, that's the one song of this album that I... I call it the Baroque Downer. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the... Uh, I know exactly. Is that the one? Uh, let me... Because it's like a Baroque harpsichord flourishy, but it's all... Synthy. It's the most depressing yeah. lyrics. And it's the third song on the album. Mm-hmm. Like, you're on such a high. It's such a wild, like... He's depicting things that I assume he's seen in his life that are very depressing. Like, I mean, there's a there's a, a a verse about like infanticide. I think, just over a gentle harpsichord. It's so weird. Stevie yeah. is so weird. Well, wasn't he like this right around this time when he was going to give everything up? And uh, oh. like, I think this is like just oh, about, he was going to give everything, yeah. give up the music business, and move to Africa to go help. Wow. And then. Got a really good deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I uh, like got him from under that very gordy nonsense. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and uh, put that on hold. Put wow. a pin in it. I didn't know that. Pastime Paradise, which itself drew on the first eight notes and four chords of Bach's Prelude Number Two in C Minor. Ah, whatever. But this one is just his own dreaming. Yes, I think so. All yeah. right, good for Stevie. I feel like I'm I'm gonna throw this out here, and Stevie, this is your idea. I know you're listening. <laughs> you can create a whole musical from this double album. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Why hasn't that? I know. Maybe I f- he doesn't want it. He must not want it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's he collabs with so many people that you'd think would just like what John Legend should, would just be doing it right oh now. Oh my god! He's probably just doing it, and it we don't know it. Maybe it's happened. Yeah. 
Let's just say that it is. Yeah, and we're part. And of we'll it. all get a call. Yeah. <laughs> John Legend tomorrow. is a big fan of the podcast, so. Oh. Great, great, great. <laughs> From one legend to another. You know? <laughs> um. Yeah. This song is a downer. But then, isn't the fourth song? What's the fourth song? Because I, I remember being like, yeah, we go on a sad downer, but then we get picked right back up. Maybe into, that's like, why. Funky town. Okay, so we're going to talk about Vacaville the whole time. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, but so you do you grew up, how old were you when you left there? Uh, I guess I was 17 because I went to college, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're, and it's not that Stevie Wonder is, like, like so um, unheard of. Like, were there other mm-hmm. kids that, like, you bonded with over music? No. There? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None at all. I mean, I tried to, I think my answer to that was to get really into, like, I mean, in my little town, people were just listening to, like, hardcore music and, like, you know, weird remnants of punk. Remember that time in the 90s when punk suddenly became, like, very cool? And yeah. And we had things like Green Day and MXPX and NoFX and all these, like, pop punk kind of bands. Yeah. Um, so I tried to just, like, get into that stuff to be like, uh, we can all hang, we can all talk about stuff. Um, and I did legitimately like it, but it was a weird contrast where then I would go home and be listening to, like, this and Anita Baker and... Listen to a lot of the Eagles for some reason. <laughs> oh, I just love the Eagles. I think I just love like a high tenor male crooning voice. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Toto I got really into. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I say oh yeah, but again, like I could name like five songs and that's it. I name bet you could them. name Ready? more Go. Toto songs than you think. Uh, I, I'm not sure if five Can't is Stop a Loving You. Yeah, really? that's right. Uh Africa. Yeah. Uh, All I wanna do in a- Rosanna. Oh yeah, Rosanna. Hold Is the there line. a song about balloons? Probably. <laughs> Maybe that's sure. uh, I Can't Stop Loving You. Albums. I don't know. What is I Can't Stop Loving You? It's so good. Oh. It's like, uh, I'm not going to sing it. Okay. <laughs> Hold <laughs> the Line is oh, one yeah. of the greatest jams. I that was, like it gets as overlooked. a kid, one of my like my first favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I, that's my song. Well, I'm going to be a rock star. And yeah. I'll sing that song. I mean, he just con- he just bursts in. He's just like, it's not in the way. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, this is rock and roll. That's a good one. I, Rosanna was one of my oh, early favorites. Yeah, that's a good one. It holds up. Yeah. I feel like comedy people like to do Africa at karaoke. Like they like to make fun of the. Yeah. I feel like it's done. I'm like it's yeah. It's I guess done. actually, like the second Weezer did it, I was like, oh, all right, we're we're done now. I also was a Weezer fan. Isn't that weird? Was everyone a Weezer? fan? I was a Weezer. Were fan. we just in the nineties? I think so. It's, just what it's we had hard. To do. I think you have to actively. I think you have to actively try not to like like Green Day. Yeah. And like. Smashing Pumpkins, all of those bands, if you were a teen in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. You had to have something against it. Or you had to be like, I'm only like a rap and R&B kid. Yes. Like there was that division where people would be like, nope, they'd be all about like All for One and Mariah Carey. And then the second you're listening to Smashing Pumpkins or Pavement or something, they're like, nope, that's not my click or whatever. Did you listen to Weezer? I thought they were great. And then moved on. Like, I I don't think I owned an album. I thought their Mm. videos were pretty genius. Um, what do you guys think of them, their latest output? Are you into them at all? Never or? heard it. No, I haven't heard it. They're, all, they're a band that's almost like, I hate to say this, it's almost like they're too prolific mm. because I, I tuned back in, what was it, like three years ago? They put one out that really went back to like their metally weird, like math rocky roots. Like they had a song called Cleopatra that was in like 12.8 or something. And I remember just being like, 
okay, Weezer. Yeah, <laughs> let's get into this. And being like, oh, I like that they kind of went back to their metally shit. And then I think they've had like 27 albums since then, and I so haven't heard many. a lick. I love this Sir Duke song. is something special, isn't it? Sir Duke is one of the greatest. <laughs> I mean, it's like the greatest horn hook in the last 40 <laughs> no. years, right? such a party this is a good I, I put this on a lot of different like road trip playlists yeah mood you guys and then I love like you know Stevie gets into this territory with his lyrics of just like sweet platitudes where he's just like music is the thing that is really cool and you're like alright I'm yeah. here for this like, hey first draft it works yeah. right <laughs> third song you were singing about infant death and now it's like just music is great right oxygen is one of my favorite it's, they're like Sesame Street they're, yeah. a little, yeah. they're a little childlike I mean, well, and then with a zoo. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite albums, but it is so weird. So much of it, when you really, when you really listen to it critically, you're just like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> what's happening?" <laughs> when I think of my mom playing music, it was when she was working at her desk, and she had an eight-track player, and I would kind of occasionally go into the room to hang out and that's where I would hear her songs on repeat was that I mean obviously you have your own experience with your mom uh, <laughs> no it, just... it was the same I was at your mom's work <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> my mom was just playing her music it was really rude <laughs> uh, or when she would be like doing laundry or something like that so uh, what circumstances would she be playing it just any any circumstance yeah I guess I don't remember I feel like it would just be on maybe like after school mm-hmm. as an only child so I think like any any kind of background noise to keep me sitting there and doing my homework yeah. instead of like me making my own like songs or running around or something it's probably used as like a sit still and do your work type, <laughs> of, a, type of a vibe yeah I also remember you know my mom my parents are both really young and my mom was super young so when I when we were listening to this she was still like like she was like going out with her girlfriends and like she's probably getting ready and then like going out to the bar at the double tree or something you know oh sweet okay so you didn't mention that there's a bar there's double tree with a well that one was in Sacramento so oh she had to drive a little oh yeah yeah going to town (laughs) yeah 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 she had to go to the El Torito with her oh sweet some chips and walk got to (laughs) 
got to. It's music was never. I think it's why it's so music important. Music was to me. never part of my <laughs> life. <laughs> now I get this song. Yeah, that's all he's doing, just saying facts. <laughs> I love an anti-music song. <laughs> it's a waste of time. It is never. I think, and I think this would honestly like offend my parents because I don't think they. I, I don't think they think of themselves this way, but we just, we music was not a big thing mm-hmm. in my house. My sister and I really made it important in our lives, but, and yeah. we, my parents have, they had records, they bought CDs, they have, they have that stuff, but, and my dad maybe a little bit more, but I don't think it like, in a, in a way, like just doesn't, it never occurred to my mom to like, Put something on. She, they do. Mm. They have Alexa now, so they can. Um, they'll they'll like play music. Alexa, in the play kitchen. no music. <laughs> what do they listen to now? They still. I think it's a lot of the same stuff that they've always listened to. It's a lot of James Taylor. They love Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, they really love. Um, oh, what is that band? Um, Pink Martini. Oh, nice. <laughs> they really love Pink Martini. I love that. <laughs> like I think a my d- lot. My dad fell hard for them. A yes. lot. And oh, I gotta and listen to some now. It's uh, and it's something you know. It's so funny because I think I've actually gone like, no, thank you, without yeah. ever really listening to them because I was like, oh, no. sure, <laughs> yes. which is not very fair. But they also like my dad. Uh, like I think of Van, my dad when I think of Van Morrison. Like we mm. went to a Van Morrison concert together and. Uh-huh. Um, but they're but it's not it's in like music is always playing in my house now really? it's always playing we are always unless the tv's on i mean we can maybe we can't be in silence no you can't I don't sit with your know. thoughts you but oh god but i well, i think since especially since may was born it's been we tr- like especially since she started she's uh, i don't know how old she'll be when this comes out but she's 11 months at this moment and she's like really enjoying dancing she's like bounces and bops and so like we'll put on we're more we're purposely trying to put more stuff on especially like um, what were we playing the other day black sabbath (laughs) (laughs) the american tale soundtrack uh uh and like and the i think no cats in america came on and she just Uh started bouncing and i was like oh we're because we're actively avoiding kitty music like yeah but i I don't know how long we can do that for. Kitty. Yeah. Like kid, kid, oh, okay. kid bop stuff. Oh, yeah. Because it was Cats in America and then you said kitty. Music. You're right. So we've instantly went against what we're <laughs> trying to avoid. Yeah. People know this song because of Will Smith. Yeah. I yeah, and what's the Wild Wild West? Wild Wild, Wild, Wild West. Yeah. West. I remember being like annoyed when that came out, mm. and being like, because I did feel like there was a large swath of people, probably because I was a teenager still, and everyone went to see the movie, and everyone loved Will Smith, and then no one had any idea that a man named Stevie Wonder existed. Yeah, and I was just like yeah. such an indignant little whatever, sixteen-year-old or something. Yeah, there's something about when it's so huge of a celebrity co-opting that you're like. Because I think Coolio could get away with it a little bit more. Or you feel like it was two artists working together. Yeah. yeah. Felt, also, it's a more like common time, like place to sample. And it yeah. felt like that's yeah. more of like within that genre. Mm-hmm. Sampling is like so common that you, you yeah. since you, I don't know. But this, yeah, like I, I think people would instantly jump to Will Smith. Which the same with, and this is, again, going to be way, way dated later. But, uh... 
there's going to be a whole generation of kids that think he's the genie. Oh, I know. Mm. I know. And that Robin Williams wasn't genie. And like, that's I crazy. Know, that very weird. It's crazy. Very weird. One of my good horn hooks. I know. First memories. And I have to see how authentic this memory actually is. <laughs> I have to look at the year. Does anybody know what year I just called to say I love you was? Oh. Uh, 80... Seven, eight? Wait, no, earlier, right? Because it was on hot like July. So is it 83? Was it in, oh, maybe, maybe 84. Th- that's what I'm, I think it was that early, 84, August 1st, 84. One of my very earliest memories is being in preschool, list, hanging on the jungle gym, listening to this song. Oh, really? And it must have just been on the radio somewhere. I don't even know why they'd be playing music, so it might be a conflated memory, but... Yeah. Um, and it's not even on this album, but uh, but it is weird. I don't have a ton of early, early memories, but one of them is listening to a Stevie Wonder song because that one was so, like, a, yeah, almost a kid song. It's kid-friendly. In that way, mm-hmm. like, I was just thinking when you said you're avoiding kid music, there's so many Stevie hits that you could play because they yeah. are just, like, ribbon in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. basically Sesame Street, you know? Do you, did you guys ever hear Don't Drive Drunk? No. no. It's a moment in his creative life. Oh, boy, he has um, so many weird ones. Yeah, and it was, it's so... What is that on? I don't know. I think it was right around that time. Like, right around that first big Mothers Against Drunk Driving push. Is that, like, Talking Book or something? Or did he do it, like, a single? It was a, It might have been a single. Let me see if I can actually find it. Because it's a bit of a time capsule. Because that's when voice sampling was just... Being used oh, over so yeah, yeah, this. yeah. I know the era you're talking about. This song is so beautiful. It's playing right now. I know. Well, let me interrupt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Stevie got a new sampler pack on his Casio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But it's so didactic. Let me get to this. Yeah. So it's all these cautionary tales. Don't drive drunk. Don't drive drunk. Drive a man. I mean, it's. It's still great. I mean. Make anything catchy. That's I the thing. Know. I'm like I was enjoying just thinking, I'm it like, still. Actually, it's good. Yeah. I see us in the park. But anyway. The days of in my head. And words from my heart. He was playing once. It was my birthday. I was having dinner downtown. And like we walked out of dinner and he was just finishing a free concert in the middle of downtown and I was like furious I mean it yeah. was, I can't believe I missed that or he was playing like the last song so we just like walked over and like listened to the last song but it's, it was packed and yeah I didn't it was just speaking of that we 
just an opportunity to mention the Indigo Girls. Did you? They were here just a few last night. Did you go? Really? I went. You did go. Oh, I went and I wept and it was beautiful. And oh, I love it. So good. Where were they? They were at the Terragram Ballroom, which oh, I is love that spot where we saw Ted Leo oh, yeah, a thousand yeah, years Ted ago. I mean, I say it as if we went to the concert together. We kind of did. I mean, we saw each other. I mean, there. the whole comedy community kind of went together. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it was such a good venue, and it felt so intimate. And like, I was just thinking about that because there are the crowds at Indigo Girls concerts are the most are like very considerate. Mm. For the most part, the few men that are there, like, try and make sure that they're not in people's ways, mm. and then like. It's just like people want to sing along. People want to be there. Everybody, nobody minds. There was very few like phones up. Mm-hmm. Like there were a few moments, but mm-hmm. then for the rest of it, I was like, it felt like an old concert. Yeah. Like it felt felt really good, and I cried. Oh, I would have too. It's the first time I've seen them as a mom, and which is like I've seen them in concert. I I don't, I don't even know, but like about once a year since I was like really? a teenager. <laughs> Impressive. Like, they tour a lot. That's great, <laughs> I, though. I love I them. People should always see the people they love now. Yeah. Because you don't get like you don't get lucky and see Stevie when he's seventy. Like not everybody's Stevie. Yeah. Some people are the Rolling Stones. Sorry, guys. And you, you're gonna get a real hit or miss experience yeah. if you wait. <laughs> Absolutely. So see your idols now. So you saw Stevie once, or? I saw Stevie once. Yeah. I saw Prince twice. Oh. I saw Prince here twice in the same week at the um, when he was playing. At the no, forum. in uh, back in Chicago at the United Center, and I saw him in the same week because I couldn't get tickets. I finally just like bought super expensive tickets. It sat in terrible seats. I was basically behind him. He was in the round, mm-hmm. and we were just like in the back the whole time. But I was like, this is amazing. And then two days later, my husband's coworker was like, I can't use these tickets. You guys should go. I was like, done. Yeah. Amazing. And we went and, you know, she was like some rich lady. So they were like incredible. Uh-huh. They were actually seats that we had seen Questlove sitting n- near oh, wow. the day before. So when we went, I was like, are we in Questlove seats? Oh, my God. Um, what so if they, you had gone the reverse and had to do it? Like, yeah. what a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, it was incredible. Uh-huh. And it was crazy because the show that we paid for he was so mad about the sound system. He was just vi- visibly so angry. He wouldn't play any uh, guitar solos. He just kind of sang. He cut songs short. A big like review came out in the paper the next day about how he flopped and didn't do well. And then the second night we heard it was a little better. And then when we when we went on the third night, it was like incredible. Oh, I what, was like, he just needed to figure out the thing. sound. Oh. That's awesome. Um, Prince says this is a perfect album. Yeah. I mean, good enough for me. <laughs> that makes sense because Prince was weird. Yeah. So hey, I think what makes it perfect. I mean, we should probably hear that part in "As" that we were talking about with the voice because there probably are people who don't realize that it's mm-hmm. Stevie doing all these little Muppet voices. It's such a Muppet voice. It really it's is such a Muppet voice. And then at, now that I'm like used to it. I want it all the time. Like, whenever I hear it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I forget it's a little weird. I also, we've had uh, another discussion that Alex and I had had is like, why is it called as? And my guess was just the, it's the first word Uh of the song. And then when I was researching this album a little bit, that's why. And I was like, oh. 
I love it. I love it too. This is, I always call it always. Like in my head, I think it's called always. Yeah. And then Which I makes just, sense. Yeah. yeah. That's like uh, the Buzzcock songs song I did. That's the first time I've ever said the full title of that song in my life. What's the full title? It's ever fallen in love with someone or ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have. Oh, in the parentheses. In the parentheses. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But I always just call it ever fallen in love. Ever fallen in love. Yes. Another day. Just as time new to move on since the beginning. And the seasons know exactly when to change. So good. This song is so good. This one and, well, we don't have to skip around because we want to hear the voice, but. um, Is this, is this an album that you can listen to anytime? Yeah, pretty much. I'll probably skip Village Ghetto Land. I might skip, um, I skip uh, Esun Historia. That's another Sesame Street one. That's yeah. one you can play for me. <laughs> it's a little like, it's a song about singing. It's like, I am singing of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I am singing of a more. It's like, what? Do you feel like this album has to be played in order? I do like to play it in order because there are some things that still constantly surprise me about putting an album together. Like, I've put a few together or I've been part of bands where we decide as a committee what order things go in. And if there's a science to it, I, I, I don't know. There's definitely, like, things become obvious, like what you want your second track to be, what leads off the second side of your album. Like, you very much think of it in, like, a vinyl sense. And there are just little rules that I've like absorbed that don't I don't know where they come from maybe they're holdovers from like big record label days I've never been on a big record label but they might be holdovers from like shit that some executive told you you had to do to hook in radio DJs or something so listening to this is a wild journey because I feel like he breaks a lot of those rules or maybe they didn't exist back then I don't really know yeah but it is, there is like a level of respect with listening to it in order to. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes I feel like if I jump around with his stuff, I don't, I almost don't like the songs as much because I'm not like prepped. Oh, here we go. Yes. Like imagining like Oscar the Grouch <laughs> mouthing. Yeah. <laughs> this, but then him coming in uh-huh. after is like. Yeah. 
It just it's so earned. I'm I just I need it. And yep. it's like so And probably good. when they recorded it, I mean it sounds to me like they just layered the tracks so that he could come in like that. But when I saw him live, he did it in such a way that I was like, maybe he just did it in the studio. Yeah. Like maybe he just slipped into that voice and slipped out like a trance. I'll say this and I'm not I'm not proud of it it never even occurred to me that that like he's just Stevie Wonder and then reading about him for this I was like of course that's not his name oh yeah yeah his name is, is Steve Lind uh-huh. first of all which Steve is Lind. which is amazing amazing but it's like his last name is like Morris or Mor- I don't remember it's a uh, whatever it is it's not obviously it's not Wonder of yeah. course it's not Wonder but like, <laughs> Just like it's not John Legend That's I know Oh god you're right <laughs> You're right I feel like someone recently Tweeted at Chrissy like Why didn't she take his last name You could have been Chrissy Legend And she just wrote Because it's Stevens <laughs> <laughs> I had a cr- I heard a crazy story about him That I have not ever heard anywhere else, but I can't imagine they would have lied to me. It's just like not an anecdote I've ever heard. Um, but I went to, have you ever been to the Motown Museum? Mm-mm. I've been like three times well, I would now. I like to go. I hear they're rebuilding it now, so it might be a much different experience. But the three times I went, it was still in that little house, that little like Barry Gordy house. And then like oh, there's wow. just like Studio A and that's pretty much it. Um but they take you on it. You can't just wander around. They take you on like a 55 minute tour. It's like, I recommend everyone go and do it. I know it's tough to give money to Barry Gordy. We all know that this is a <laughs> difficult uh, person in music history, but um, the tour guides who lead it, they like lead you in song and they're like telling you little, it, it's amazing that like a house, like a bungalow sized house, they could squeeze so much information out of. Wow. So, and they're showing you like the rafters where they created like faux echo chambers mm-hmm. and where like they, you you know, where Diana Ross was a receptionist and blah, blah, blah. So they have this um, old candy machine that's still sitting in there because they preserved a lot of the old furniture. And they told this story about how there's always a dime sitting on the top of that um, candy machine. And they said that one of the Supremes, I don't remember which one, maybe it was Florence, who was like working reception at the time, used to always uh, make sure that when they refilled the candy machine that they had to put a baby Ruth in the far right corner one. So they could replace it with all kinds of new candy in the other ones, but in the far right pole, you know, it was one of those like pole, like a cigarette machine type thing. Um, Always had to be a baby Ruth. And it was because little Steve Lind was running around there with his mom. I think his mom worked reception too, or she worked for Barry Gordy in some way. So little Steve Lind was like running around and Florence or one of the Supremes would just plop a dime on the top and he would hear that sound and go running wherever he was in the house, go running over to it, feel around on the, on the top until he got the dime and then put it in and find the baby Ruth. And I was like, oh my God, just imagining him growing up with all these like music legends and yeah. eating oh candy God. bars. It's, it just sounds really sweet. That Imagine, is. I mean, I know it probably wasn't like this, but uh, at one point you could call there and it would be Motown, Diane, Diana Ross speaking. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. What a weird... What a world. I know, like, right? Just there trying to work off her dang studio time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Getting taken advantage of. Yeah. <laughs> that story's a relief. For some reason, I thought it was going to be a bad thing mm. about him. And, like, no. 
I don't know why. It's oh, not yeah. very, a very. Uh, it was the the issue with Barry Gordy was it just how um, how he took advantage of? Uh, oh yeah, the contracts the were the contracts were terrible, insane. It was like yeah. he owns everything, you own nothing, and you had to work off your studio time. Yeah. You know, paying the uh, paying the Funk Brothers came out of I think like the artists' pocket somehow, but they yeah. had all these bizarre work study situations, and then Barry just sued all the artists or just kept all of the material. I think it's why you don't get... I mean, like, Aretha was notorious for not really... She didn't really belong to... You know, she wasn't really a Stax person. She wasn't really a Muscle Shoals person. She just was her own thing and bounced around. And um, some people say that was because her husband at the time was difficult to deal with. But a lot of people are like, it's because she could read a contract and manage to... Not that those other artists couldn't, but I think he just... I'm, I'm fascinated by any Aretha story because people talk about her being a diva or whatever, but when I look back at the conditions for <laughs> oh, artists, yeah. I'm Ugh. like, that's the only way you got any fucking respect. Yeah. Yeah. There's this story about her... <laughs> pun, pun intended. Yeah, right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. There's a story about her walking out on uh, the session in, in Muscle Shoals where she did, like, two songs, but she walked out on the session... Uh, because of some contract dispute and her husband like got into a fist fight with Rick Hall. It was like a whole thing. And it's like, I feel like you're always told these stories of being like, look how wild she was. Temperamental. Yeah. Also because she's a woman. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And she was wildly famous and people like resented that this like fat black woman was coming and like making all this money. What, uh, you said, what, what was the other favorite song that you have on this? Oh, other favorite. Or, or you mentioned, yeah, ordinary pain. No, was it? Uh, yeah, I like. Oh, that yeah, one. I don't mean a, or joy inside. Yeah, kind of like erase more. that question because okay. I'm implying that as was your fate, <laughs> one of your favorites, and maybe it, it probably wasn't. Probably is. Sure. But what's the? I was there was another one that you said though. Was it ordinary pain though? I did mention that in, one yeah. in connection with as, I, um, or maybe just as one that I could listen to as like a one-off. Yeah. What is it about this song that? gets you um this falls into that longing about the eagles this falls into that like i can't tell you why <laughs> kind of yearning sort of i don't know but it's not like too self-pitying mm-hmm. yeah I, I really gravitate towards songs like that operator by jim croce is another one Um, this is such a generic question, but who who do you find has influenced you as a musician? I mean, definitely Stevie, although I don't make any music that sounds like him, but I think he influences my singing style. Whenever I get one of those, frankly, awful auditions that's like, do a self-tape of you just singing a fun song, I'm always like, I wonder what regular women are doing. Are they just singing like Gaga or Adele or Beyonce or something? I'm usually singing like... Mm, this or uh, you know um, uh, Chris Isaac I did recently <laughs> I was like yeah I'll do a Chris Isaac song the casting director was like what Donny Hathaway I'm like who am I I'm a ghost when I was a kid I was I auditioned for to be a part of a play at the Santa Monica Playhouse I grew up in LA I was in fourth grade you were supposed to just come in and sing a song I was always I'm such a weirdo I did Moonshadow by Cat Stevens yes like that's what I I'm, so I, I feel you that. on that or like when I had to audition for to get into like choir or something in seventh grade it was me <laughs> just my male music teacher and I, I did uh, Tits and Ass ah. 
from chorus line. From chorus line, because I could sing, like, because it was in the right. I'm not a singer. I can't sing, but it was in the right. Like, it's got that like little brassy belty tone. Yeah, so. or I've done like <laughs> when you're a jet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I don't even understand. And I don't. I don't remember getting any like pushback from anybody about that. Cause why? I don't know why my parents would be like, don't sing that. Sing yeah. something hip. Cause we. I didn't know anything hip, so it would be. Tits like, and ass is a little strange. That is strange, you. and also like in hindsight, going like, oh, thank God he was gay. Like, yeah, yeah I, I didn't yeah. think I knew. Like, cause I was not. I still do not have tits. Like, it was not even a yeah. a thick. Like, I can't even just, imagine why I would do that. And I probably like censored myself. You probably said T and A. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just we like had to do that in school. But it's oh, I've I've always made such weird choices like yeah. that, and I still would. I think if I, I mean, I don't. Oh sing. yeah, I sing for for pleasure for myself bits. now. <laughs> Changed it to bits and sass. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Grits Poor and Mr. grass. Bruno. <laughs> I feel like now kids are going to be so. All kids are going to be like that now because people like you are raising kids who are like you're not listening to kid music in your house. You're listening to weird records and Stevie Wonder and shit. So when May goes to school and has to pick a song, you know. But she's going to be one of like. She's going to pick a Buzzcock song. I hope so. <laughs> I do hope so. But and, then uh, I hope she's proud of it. <laughs> She will be, and all kids are going to, I feel like this is a very cool, weird generation of parents, probably because of the searchable thing that you mentioned, like having access to being able to like search so many things um, and not just being limited to the top 40 or what's on the radio. So people's kids are going to be wiling out at these recitals. I hope she embraces it because I was just, I was talking about this with Alex last night uh, where he was like, that could, uh, Indigo Girls could be May's first concert. And I was like, so that way she can have the same weird reflection back. Well, my first concert was a Bette Midler concert. <laughs> amazing. So, but, which is amazing now, but like as a kid, uh, as a teen, like when yeah. it happened, it was cool. When everybody else's first concert were like, was like New Kids and mine yeah. was Bette Midler, it was like, oh, come you on. different. Yeah. yeah, and then now in my late 30s, I'm like, that's hilarious. So I feel like if I, I, I really, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take May for her second concert. Yeah. That. I'll let her pick her first concert. Otherwise, and then, it's the classic. You'll appreciate this oh, later. Because she'll yeah. hate me for it later. She'll, she'll, she'll it. do. She'll talk about Indigo Girls with an eye roll. And no. that's... You I don't can't. want that. No. My first concert was Hootie and the Blowfish. And I feel like I thought it was going to be cool. And none of my friends... My friends were like, what are you doing? <laughs> so it was ni- it's neither cool now, nor was it yeah. cool then. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll oh. play this song. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that's his daughter, right? Not the baby from Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. That's his daughter's first cry, right? Mm-hmm. And she sang the, the one I saw him do, the album oh, yeah. live. She sang back up. Oh. It's also wild to be like, it's it's one thing to be like, yeah, Stevie Wonder doesn't age, but he's like almost 70. This is crazy. And then to see her a full-grown, like, 45-year-old woman, you're just like, whoa, okay. Was she wearing, like, a onesie and a pacifier? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She came out in full baby garb. <laughs> I really, like, envy this song, I think, because to be able to... There are no words to like capture the emotions I felt having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and like to be able to put it into a song that like 
is emotion in itself is like amazing. Yeah. Amazing since he gave birth to that baby. Yeah. <laughs> since he pushed that baby out. <laughs> yeah, and then it's everybody's daddy daughter dance at a wedding. Mm hmm. <laughs> That's where, like, sometimes I get sad that a lot of people's association with Stevie is, like, cornball factor. Yeah. So the same way about Earth, Wind, and Fire, who I love. And so many people, like, I got married on the 21st of September. Did you? And we played that song maybe nine times. That's amazing. <laughs> and people were kind of like, we didn't play any other, quote, wedding music. So when we played that song, people were kind of like... Oh, it's getting a little like old people wedding in here, and I was like, no, this song is incredible. <laughs> Fantasy yeah. is incredible. Like, yeah. don't associate it with bad wedding tropes. This song is a an opus. Um, did you do it purposefully for the song? Kind of. I mean, we had like a choice for the venue we wanted. We had a choice of that or like something a little bit earlier in August, and I was like, I'm not playing with August thunderstorms no. and like sweltering heat. Mm -hmm. And this will be so great. We were just like, this is serendipitous. They played the Chicago theater that night. So I was like a little worried some of my guests were just going to go to that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I won't blame you. That's so fun. But yeah. (laughs) That was great. Is there another song? You can look at the list. Did we hear that one yet? Mm. Joy Inside My Tears. He just goes off at the end. Let's listen to it. Yeah. It's so, it's like... I didn't grow up in like a church, but the especially seeing him do this live had a very church-like feel. Like yeah. he was just enraptured the whole. Like you could tell they were just vamping. The rest of the band did not know how long he was gonna do this. I could be wrong that this is a newer thing, but it feels newer that um, bands and artists are touring with particular albums now, Mm -hmm. and I love it. I love it, too. And it, like, I love it. Yeah, me too. I feel like that's all we ever want when when you have a favorite album is just to hear the old stuff. You don't want to hear the new stuff. Yeah, because that's what Ted did at that show. Mm -hmm. But he played one song out of order. He kept talking about how... So they, they did a Hearts of Oak tour... And they and they played other songs too, but they did Hearts of Oak uh, in order, except for one song because it just like shreds his voice. Yeah. So he wanted to save it for when he's a little more warmed up in the set, rather than knocking himself out Which early. Which is amazing. But he had people tweeting at him in the middle of the set, like you didn't play, blah blah blah. So <laughs> funny. What is that wrong was with everyone? So, uh, did you go both nights? I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I was like insanely pregnant and had to sit on the wall the whole time yeah, there's no and just like there. just kind of enjoy it while not moving for two nights in a row because I was like I'm not missing this it yeah did you best. sit in that same spot yeah that's, both nights that's so great it was great I mean I sat down too I was not insanely pregnant I was just like <laughs> ooh standing up two nights in a row it's a lot it's a, it's lot. a lot yeah and I feel like when I watch someone I know I feel more like I can't have a casual, like, I'm wandering to the bar, I'm kind of what, like, I feel very invested. I feel like if they look over to me, they need to see that I'm, like, all smiles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. That was basically what I'm saying, Deb, is that we were at work both nights in a row. <laughs> this was a job. 
just made me think of like what was that first artist that toured with replaying I feel like we know who this is. What? Van Morrison was doing with like Astral Week. Astral Week. Oh, oh, man, but I don't know if that was the would first. That, that would have been. That would have been incredible. That's another album that I think is in my. I can't believe somebody hasn't list. picked that. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones did I? Did I? Was I trying to choose between this and Marky Moon? Because no, I was thinking. Oh, really? Before you reminded me, because I'm sorry, my scheduling has been such a nightmare. We've been trying to do this for months, <laughs> but I was trying to remember what my other choices it was, were. Um, I think uh, P- there was a Pixies album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There Bossa was. I-, I can bring it up right now. Yeah, did you say Bossa Nova? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was uh, just listening to Marky Moon the other day though, and I was like, this is weird and great. Oh yeah, you did um, uh, the Empire Records soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. I think you're the first person to suggest a soundtrack. Yeah, I was, although there are a few. Besides the musicals. The, yeah, musicals mm. are, yeah. Um, Bossa Nova, Velvet Rope. Oh, yeah. Which Cool Up did. Oh, Cool Up did Velvet yeah. Rope? Yes. Yeah. God, it's such a slept on Janet album. It's great. It's great. Like, it was really uh, fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I didn't love have it a so lot much. of experience with it until that. All her weird little fan. interludes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marky Moon is so good. That's a good. I didn't know that album until. I've been talking about Alex a lot more than I normally do, but I don't like people to know I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep my options open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've been talking about him a lot more today, but uh, I did not know that album at all until he was in my life. Oh, really? Um, well, to be fair, most of you talking about him was just you, like, dunking on him. So. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> I don't care for him. I'm keeping my options open. You really are. <laughs> yeah, it's just so, like, kind of epic and, like, that held back pace. Mm-hmm. You have every Stevie Wonder album? I have a lot of them. I don't think I have every one. I couldn't possibly have every one. He's got so many. Yeah, what's your what's your all-time favorite song or album? Um, Stevie Wonder song. Luck. Oh my god. If you can't think one, I won't put the pressure on you. We'll give you one. Okay. Yeah, give, don't uh, don't give drive me drunk. <laughs> um, there is. Wait, will you pull up the track list to Hotter Than July? Um, I was going to say Lately, but that's such a ballad. I feel like I got to pick a, a real bop, you know? You can pick two if you want. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and then I'll. And immediately regret on me emailing you after and be like, no, not that one. I'm so cagey on this, yeah, on this podcast where I should be the most decisive, and I every single thing I'm like, I think it would be in my top ten, but I don't swear to it because if yeah, I just it's my top ten in this moment, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, all I do I think has to be maybe my favorite right now, Stevie Wonder song. All I do, it's another like moody like but it jams in mm-hmm. a weird low-key way. <sighs> What's your all-time favorite song? 
Did you have one? Oh, all-time favorite song. I'm just curious. Oh, it's this one, actually. Kia, yeah. It's the Kia ad. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> well, just because when I asked you before, it felt like maybe you had one. I don't want to put that pressure on you. Don't worry about it. Don't even We'll give one to you. Dust in the Wind by Kansas. <laughs> I had to sing that when I was in junior high. Really? Did you? Yeah, it was very weird, but I bet it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um... Teenager, I used to say that my all-time favorite song was "Love Song" by The Cure. Mm. I love the like simplicity of it. But now, when I listen back to it, I'm like, I need more words. <laughs> they don't say much. They have yeah. one sentence that they change out a word in over and over again. It's great, but I need more words. Uh, another star. Another star. Which is no, not Saturn. Which is the is, oh no no I'm just. Talking planets for a second. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is it Jupiter's not a planet? No, Pluto's not Pluto's a planet not anymore. Planet. Yeah. Nope. Now it's just another star. Anyway. <laughs> Do you think he predicted? <laughs> think that I'm Pluto taking would over being, uh, uh, Joel's role. I know. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, please. Joel. You just tag me out. <laughs> I hadn't listened to this album in a while. You put it on in every song. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and like oh, yeah. every song is that. And there's just a couple weirdos in between that yeah. you're like, hmm, all right. <laughs> this is very like arms stretched, just dancing in the middle of the street type mm-hmm. of a. <laughs> yeah. Or arriving uh, in an airport, uh, starting your new life. You're just walking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to put this in like the opening credits of something where the yeah. cold open is just like. She left him. You don't yeah. know who he is or why. She's walking. She's got her passport and she's out of there. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and she's a flight attendant. And she was supposed to be on a flight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she is late for work. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing an economy today, Patrice. <laughs> I like this song because this section is like this section's like the bridge. It's like the C section, but it is. Are so early it's like we've all we've gotten is la la la's which i guess is the hook and then a verse but it didn't feel like we had like a traditional like verse chorus and now the bridge like but i mean by all like mathematical music purposes this is a bridge yeah stevie's just like it goes right here yeah he just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants he really does he whatever yeah. he wants as long as he gets that baby ruth yeah he's happy <laughs> give little stevie a baby ruth <laughs> Putting just the sound of a dime. Yeah. I wonder if someone can verify that story. Because anyone I've told, like, I've told it to, like, extreme Motown nerds and Stevie nerds, and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Next time you're around Stevie Wonder, just kind of go. I think think it's going to happen. I tend to end up in spaces near my idols, if even for, like, a small moment. Really? I handed Paul Simon a guitar once. Really? Yeah, I, like, tuned a guitar for him and handed it to him. He came to the Second City when we were... When I worked there and I was, we did our show and then That's... he came and we talked him into playing like three songs after. Oh my God, so what did he play? He played uh, Me and Julio. He played Sound of Silence. Oh my God. What was the third one he played? I don't remember. It was so weird. That's it was like one crazy. in the morning on a Saturday. It was just him and his son. Black man. He probably played Yeah, man. he played black man. <laughs> <laughs> he just played the horn hook of Sir Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I know, That's so I feel like I'll incredible. end up around Stevie at some point. Yeah. I, I fully believe that. Yeah, thank you. Let's make it. 
it happen. I have. That's what this podcast does, right? Yeah. And you guys make a promise to, yes. to your guests. Yes. <laughs> Great. Well, should we um, dive do, into uh, what did we, we learn today? today? <gasps> yeah. I learned about Vacaville, and I'm not sure if I'll get there. <laughs> but I know You've there's an El Torito. Been through there without even knowing it. Maybe. Where yeah. is it? Just north of. Look, if you're leaving San Francisco and you yes. got to get to Sacramento, yes, and you really need an In-N-Out burger, mm. you're stopping in Vacaville. Well, this this song is playing. You mm-hmm. didn't tell us that you had an In-N-Out, guys. That I can't tell you all there. of Vacaville's yeah. riches. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's so many. I learned um, about the drunk driving song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very special song. Oh, very wild. Mm-hmm. Very, that's so good. It was like, for me, the reason why I'm a little down on it, we were just so bombarded with <laughs> Mothers Against Drunk Drivers at oh, that Oh, it's a ridiculous thing yeah. that, uh, to it do was, that song. It was new. And so it was just like, Stevie. Yeah. Yeah. I also have to say that I learned about the drunk driving song. I'm going to go look it up. Yeah. Tony Newsom is a comedian, actor, podcaster, and musician hailing from... Uh, Vacaville. Vacaville. <laughs> Northern California. Never has it gotten more air. <laughs> air time. <laughs> <laughs> she is, uh, she's best known for her roles on Bajillion Dollar Properties, Brock Meyer, The Comedy Get Down, and Nobodies. She can currently be heard on the podcast, Yo, Is This racist and playing with the band for lost souls also look for her on space force on netflix and twilight zone season two on cbs all access tawny thank you so much thank, thank you, you oh can i plug one other thing Please yeah do. since we're talking about music so much um sherman showcase oh on ifc yeah, ifc it's like a uh, oh, soul yeah. train send up so speaking of motown and yeah. all these other uh you know talking trash about barry gordy um there's some sketches about barry gordy in there but it's uh it's sketch comedy mixed with really great, incredible music. Um, and a shot vintage, right? It's shot yeah. like it's in that time. Yeah, it cool. looks like it's basically like a clip show of like a retrospective <gasps> of yeah. a Soul Train type show called yeah. Sherman Showcase. Um, Amazing. It's created by Diallo Riddle and Bashir Salahuddin and it's so funny and there's like tons of really famous people in it. I'm just excited because I got to play Diana Ross so I'm like, oh. this is this is all I needed in life. That's <laughs> very cool. Love yeah. it. Goodbye, Deb. Bye, Joel. I'm getting on that plane. I love it. Your passport. <laughs> no, I don't need one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this particular album is very, very important to me. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at this particular album. Follow us on Twitter at particular album. The show is produced by me, Deborah Tarika, Ryan Middledorf, and everyone at Campfire Media. Artwork by James Mulholland. Music by... Ugh, stop talking about yourself. See you next time. My name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.